Good morning. It's Monday, May 16th. <laughs> I have to check the date. I'm never sure of the actual date. Uh, on my agenda this week, um, Zion National Park. So uh, podcasts may be delayed, not happening. Uh, Wednesday, I'm traveling, so most likely no podcast. Um, I will be at Zion through when uh, Friday and be back on Saturday. So I, I won't probably will not be doing podcasts on those days. Um, I'll still be posting on Twitter every now and then, but the market's going to take a back seat for me um, as I enjoy vacation. Uh, I probably will be trading a little bit, but not that much. Um, what went on over the weekend? I posted about a couple of different things. One of the big things was Saudi Aramco record profit up 80%. Um, they're returning shares to shareholders and a special dividend. Uh, oil again has a supply problem, not a demand problem. Um, there was an analyst from Goldman Sachs, Jeff Curry on this morning who basically said we're seeing higher highs and higher lows, which is true when you look at it. Um, he sees shortages in diesel this summer, which should result in higher gas prices, higher for CVX, higher for Exxon, higher for Occidental, higher for Devon, um, you know, Murphy Oil. You pick your gas company, invest in it. It should do you well. Um, there's an interesting two-year chart, and I'll, I'll post it on Twitter, but um, 100, essentially energy versus Apple over the last two years. Um, one returned 124%, and one returned 90%. Again, two-year chart, energy versus oil, Apple. Energy is the 124%. So the number one investment in my stock portfolio, stock portfolio underperformed energy. And, and two years, you go back to April um, 2020, uh, which is where I lost about $60,000 in oil because it went negative and I gave up on it. Boo me. I missed that one. Um, that, I mean, it's a big, a, a big thing. Um, you know, again, I, I'm not I'm not complaining about 90 percent in two years that, you know, fantastic play. Uh, will it kind of continue to pan out? Um, there are some worries in me because I read another analyst who compared Apple, Google, Microsoft and, and um, Amazon, the big winners right now. They compared them to Cisco back in 2000. Um, and Cisco, if you remember Cisco and Sun Microsystems, if you're old enough, you may not, might not be old enough, but, but kind of go back to the year 2000 internet was just quote unquote being built. Um, and you know, again, you have to remember, I, I went on a trip around the world for a semester at sea in 1993. Uh, there wasn't email in 1993. It wasn't uh, very popular for people to have, um, uh, email or anything of that sort. Uh, I had to continually uh, call my parents. There wasn't voice over IP. Um, that was 1993. By 1999, you had email. Um, that was pretty popular back then. It was, uh, you know, you, I think 1993 had voicemail. 
that was the big thing. You'd come home and you'd play on your cassette deck a voicemail message. Um, but when you go back to those years, remember Sun Microsystems, Cisco Systems. Cisco essentially paid for my college. It was, you know, fantastic. I did get exploded on. I, I, you know, again, even back then, I was holding too long. And I told friends this weekend, my problem is not knowing when to buy. It's knowing when to get out. Um, for instance, CrowdStrike is a good recent example. Um, should have gotten out. Shopify, great recent example. Should have gotten out. Um, but, you know, again, this analyst was comparing Cisco and Sun Microsystems to Apple, Google, and others. Um, we all know, I've talked about it before, the market wants Apple back at a 17 multiple. And they are at a 23 multiple. Just Let me just make sure I'm correct on that one. Um, Finviz, and we'll go to Apple. Their forward PE is 22, yeah. So it's about 23. 22.43, their PE is 23.91. So again, uh, the market wants Apple at 17. It wanted Cisco and Sun Microsystems to come down. It kept those companies um, below what they should have been trading for. So is that what we're in for with Apple, Microsoft, Google? I, I, I don't believe so, but I, I do bring it up. And, and kind of what worries me um, personally is I have so much in, in Apple. I have so much in Google. I have so much in Amazon. If the, the next five years are to be a quote-unquote stunted growth like Cisco and, and like uh, Sun Microsystems, some, some Microsystems, I don't even think they're still around. Um, they were probably bought up by somebody who knows, <clears throat> but those were the two companies that were building the internet. They were the infrastructure. And when you thought about it back then, you said, there's no way they're going away. There's no way they're going to stunt their growth. Well, they did. Uh, even me, I bought Microsoft, I think in 2000, um, right before the blow up. And, you know, again, holding on to that, you didn't make your money back until 2010. So uh, it's a trader's market. Told my parents this weekend. My belief is that we're in this trading range. I will map that out probably tomorrow on the S and P. Um, I believe it's between thirty eight hundred and forty two hundred. Just going off the top of my head, um, that is where I think we're in. Uh, and when you get to forty two hundred, you sell. When you get to thirty eight hundred, you start buying. So anything under uh, 4000 in my mind, you start buying and you wait for the pop to 4200 But that's where we are for the rest of the year. Uh, where we end the year, I have no freaking clue. Everybody's sticking to their, um, Tom Lee is sticking to their 5000 S&P target, which would be amazing. Um, but the, the, the S&P is at 4023 We had a great day on Friday. Fantastic day on Friday. Um, in fact, the TQQQ. Uh, which is triple levered, traded between 29 and 32. That's a 10% swing on a indices. It's a triple levered in indices, but the NASDAQ was up almost 4%. So um, <clears throat> one thing that I wanted to bring up was an example. Again, remember, I always talk about investing in things that happen to you. Uh, so it was Saturday night. <laughs> I, I'm sitting at home, and, and I think it was about 8 nine, maybe 10 o'clock, um, somewhere in that range. It was later at night. I was, I was watching a movie, um, kind of, you know, had, had run seven miles on Saturday, done a lot of things on Saturday. So I was taking a, a leisurely night at home and the water filter alert went off on my refrigerator. Um, and if you guys know this, I, you know, 
you probably could have guessed, but I don't buy um, OEM <clears throat> uh, for things like filters and stuff like that. They're just super expensive. So I hopped on Amazon and decided to order um, some, some water filters uh, for the fridge. Well, it was interesting because the ones that I traditionally ordered, there were some recent reviews about how they were showing up without this certification on them. There wasn't a manufacturer response for that. So I decided to order different filters this time. Uh, what was interesting went about it. Um, there were filters for $39. And, and I usually buy a package of three just so they have them on hand. But there were uh, filters for $28. $38 and, and $42 and all the way up to $70. So I decided, you know what, let me just look for the certification, found the certification for all three certifications. Um, and the, the, the filters were uh, $39. What was interesting was I found um, a water, I think it's water pick or something. It wasn't a brand name, but the packaging looked nice. It had all three um, certifications on it. And it was $39.99, so it was going to add tax to about $42, it said. Uh, the interesting thing, and again, this was on Amazon. Again, this was around between 8 and 10 on Saturday. Um, I ordered the filters. I get to the shipping page, and Amazon says, we will deliver these for free between 2 a.m. and 7 a.m. or 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. the next day. Uh, since I didn't want to be awakened by any kind of alert that came on uh, my um, uh, Alexa unit, uh, any kind of door knocking might happen, which I doubt that the delivery person would do. Uh, but I just didn't, you know, I didn't didn't want to send somebody to my house between 2 a.m. and 7 a.m. So I chose 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. Not even believing. You guys have all been there where you choose a delivery and it says it's going to come in two days, and then Amazon all of a sudden delays it. Um, and you don't know why it just gets delayed. Um, and that's been more and more happening over the, the, the recent, um, probably four or five months just because of supply chain issues. But, um, this one showed up at 8am. It didn't get delayed. And I thought, okay, last earnings report, Amazon said they are over, um, overemployed. Essentially they hired too many people during the pandemic and supply chain issues. And so they're spending too much. And so the assumption was, hey, they're going to lay people off. This kind of puts it into my mind. Are they laying people off or are they going to an hour kind of drop shipping where they'll deliver it to your house if you're prime in the next few hours? Um, it, it's an interesting observation that I had. I don't know that it necessarily makes me want to invest in Amazon more, but it makes me want to drop them less. Uh, that's a huge, huge benefit. And if again, uh, remember, Amazon Prime goes up um, in your renewal. So whenever you get it renewed, it's 20 bucks more this year. So, uh, you know, they'll make more money, but are they going to have some churn from that, 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 that increase? Uh, this one made me kind of, kind of interesting. Um, the other thing over the weekend was there was a uh, a chart that went viral about the um, the percentage that the Nasdaq has lost over the last couple of months um, from peak to trough and how it was larger than any of the other annual events 2008 dot bomb blah 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 um, 
this was the largest seven trillion dollars lost in the market and the percent when you do the percentage um it was the least percentage so when you actually adjust this for inflation and i posted this on twitter it's about the same so i think it was just more hype than anything and think about the amount of money that's in the market today versus the amount of money that was in 2000 the fed just printed 3 trillion dollars of uh or what was it? They expanded their their balance sheet by nine trillion dollars um, over the the pandemic. So you know, there's a lot more money in the system. So seven point well, seven point one trillion dollars is a a huge. Get me don't get me wrong, enormous loss. It is not as bad as that chart showed. So kind of take that chart with a grain of salt. I've lost a significant amount of money. April was my wor- worst month in history, I believe, from a um, a dollar perspective uh, fallen, but when you look at the last two years, the amount of money that may I made over the last two years in the market, it, 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 again, you're just kind of giving money back, if you will. Um, if you haven't taken profits, if you haven't been in cash, if you haven't done that, you're just kind of giving money back. If you have lost money and you have taken profits, shame on you because you just didn't get out early enough. Um, or your stock portfolio wasn't set up correctly. And I was going to do a podcast yesterday about setting up my par- p- portfolio. I might do that while I'm on the plane. Who knows? I may talk to myself on the plane and, and just kind of record it um, when I go uh, out to Vegas on, on Wednesday. So um, there was an article I posted again over the weekend, and it was your top stocks uh, on the downturn. The two that I particularly liked were Costco and Cigna Health. C-O-S-T and C-I. Um, I will post those charts on, uh, on Twitter so you guys can see them. I like them on the downturn. Again, Costco, their model is membership. Nobody's giving up their Costco membership. They haven't raised it. If they do raise it, they just make more money. Uh, and again, I don't think anybody who's going to Costco is giving up their Costco membership. Um, uh, some analysts, Saudi Arabco. Um, Tom posted DAC earnings. I'll go over those in a little bit. They are tomorrow after the bell. Um, The Twitter deal. Twitter is down below 40. Twitter believes Elon has said that Twitter believes that Elon violated their NDA by when he said, hey, I'm going to take 100 uh, accounts and look at 100 accounts to identify the bot percentage ratio. Uh, And he, in a response, said, well, that's what Twitter does. Well, essentially, the, the Twitter lawyers have contacted him and say, you, you violated your uh, NDA because you identified what we do to identify bots. Well, if Twitter's identifying their bots based on 100 accounts, that's freaking crazy. So, again, it goes back to maybe the, 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 the company is run super poorly um, and Elon can make a, a significant change if he takes it over. Interesting. Uh, Bitcoin over the weekend kind of held up over 30,000. It is hovering around there right now. It is up and down depending on the minute that you look at it. Um, FTX founder Sam Brinkman has said Bitcoin is no longer a valid, um, a viable payment option. It never was a viable payment option. It got bloated, I think, in about 2017 to where the transaction time made no sense whatsoever. Um, gold is not a viable payment option. So, 
you know, again, you have to take his word. He, he's a genius. I love FTX. I love his um, um, kind of being, just giving his money away, making the world a better place. He's a billionaire. Kid doesn't live like he's a billionaire. When I hear him talk, I'm like, this is a kid that I want to follow. Um, he made his fortune by understanding that uh, Bitcoin in Japan in the Far East was trading significantly below what it was in America, so he would buy it in Japan and then sell it in America. Uh, simple as that. Um, great. Carvana is up again. This is obviously a short squeeze. Um, you know, it just got overextended from a... Uh, let's look at Carvana. Um, CVNA is the thing. Uh, let's run our algorithm on a Carvana just to see. Carvana's crazy on the monthly chart, by the way. You'd be in in Carvana. Strange. 39.71. Got you in. Um, hmm. Don't know if I necessarily believe that one. The RSI is at 32. The MACD is just way down, but it did cross over. The volume is there. Uh, let's look. CVNA. Um, it was up about 10% when I looked at it in the pre-market. Um, oh... CBNA. Sorry, I have typing issues when I'm looking down. It's at it closed at 38. It's closing at 42. Uh, the 10 day volume is 17 million shares. 90 90 day 90 day volume is 6 million shares. Uh, crazy crazy volume. So the volume may be justifying it. The short interest is 30 percent. Uh, again, I I announced this 30 percent. Uh, Carvana has an average rating of outperform and price targets ranging from $40 to $470, according to analysts polled by Capital IQ. Um, that is a Deutsche Bank adjust Carvana price to $54.95. This is a crazy, crazy stock. Does it reach $45 today? Um, could you make 10% in this one? Very likely. Um, I'm not necessarily trading this one. I don't believe in used cars. I think there's in on the Tesla group, there's a lot of talk about uh, uh, people selling their, their old Model 3s like I have to Carvana and getting crazy amounts like $45,000, $50,000, where the car can probably be sold on the private market for about forty to forty two. So you're getting a little bit more from Carvana <clears throat> um, and how Carvana doesn't un- necessarily understand this stuff. So. Carvana's up there. Um, JetBlue is making a hostile bid to take over Spirit Airlines at $30 a share. The, um, the Frontier bid is to be um, voted on in June. This is to get the um, Spirit folks back to the uh, negotiation table. They have said in the offer they were willing to go to $33 per share. So it's obviously a negotiating tool. JetBlue wants this. Um, Spirit Airlines is trading at about $19 per share. So, uh, that's a good one. Um, ATVI talking about, uh, deal making news, you know, again, Twitter under 40, um, uh, Spirit Airlines at 19, uh, ATVI, uh, is trading at 77. The Microsoft deal is 95. Uh, let's go into the energy sector since we talked about Apple and energy, um, uh, oil, uh, natural gas, oil is going up. Let's see what UCO is. I think it took a drop uh, over the weekend. Um, oil did. Yeah, so UCO, it closed at 175, which is crazy. Again, could have gotten in at 140, 150. 
Um, it's trading at 173. So it's down slightly. Uh, Friday's day range was 170 to 175. Um, 52-week high is 205 back in March. I think you're getting back up there. I think 190 was was where I kind of saw it topping out. But 175, crazy if you're holding on to it. It's, it's let's see. Let's look at it in the algorithm. And again, the algorithm just guides you in as to when to get in and out. Uh, yeah, it's got, it got you in on Friday. So, uh, you know, algorithm alert, 174.39. Um, the RSI is at 58 and the reason it's getting you in and out on this one, um, again, performance of the algorithm is 116% versus 741% for the asset over a thousand candles. Um, this one has just been a better buy and hold. Uh, Again, if you had bought back in December at $78, you'd be almost up three times your money now within six months, 300% in six months. Crazy, crazy. Um, and just looking at pre-market, it looks like the ARCs are up slightly. Abbott Labs is up 1%. ARCF is up 1%. RW is up 1%. ARCK is really is kind of hanging on to just even. Uh, DraftKings is up 4%. Um, this is just pre-market. Um, one that I want to talk to you about too. Remember how I said UNH is one of my favorites that I don't own, but I probably should have been in. Um, UNH is trading at 485. Let, that's where it closed. Let's see where it's trading right now. It is trading at 490. Um, so it, it could be on its way back up. This is kind of flattening out. The MACD is going to cross over on this one. So you're probably going to get a buy here. Um, one of the, uh, reports that I read over the weekend or correction, I read it this morning. Um, Americans can expect to pay uh, more for health care and retirement. This is on CNBC. I didn't post this, but you can go to CNBC.com and see it. Um, this, this estimate says that Americans can uh, expect to pay $340,000 in health care expenses after the age of 65. I'm not sure about everyone else, but um, I, I probably have a, a, a slight, um, skew here in that I, I have some friends who can probably afford that right now, but the majority, I'd say 95, 99% of my friends could not afford that amount of healthcare right now in their retirement fund. Um, again, there's a privileged few that I know who probably can. I am one of those privileged few. I completely understand that. But when you said, when they said $340,000 to me, I was like, ooh, that takes a hit on, on my retirement plan if I'm going to spend that amount just on health care. Because, um, you know, I do the retirement, it's a Monte Carlo um, uh, model in Fidelity uh, where you go into your retirement thing. And I suggest if, if whoever your broker is, you should absolutely be using that model retirement um, in the, the brokerage portfolio. Uh, I, I urge you to do that. And, and again, understand you, your broker is there to help you and guide you. They're financial planners. If you don't have a brokerage house, go to Fidelity. Fidelity is unbelievable. They provide financial planners for you um, and they help you. They guide you. Um, my guy tells me to get out of Bitcoin all the time. I don't want to get out of Bitcoin. Um, you know, they're, they're a little bit safer than, than me in perspective wants to be. Uh, but you listen to them, they help you, they help you learn. I can't tell you enough 
about you know past four years where I've really gone into this whole thing with the fidelity and and talk to them. Um, but three hundred and forty thousand dollars. I know my social security right now isn't going is barely going to pay for my mortgage. And again, the theory is well, you don't have a mortgage when you're over sixty five. Well. You know, a lot of people I know probably will still have a mortgage if they're still on 1% or something. They just refinance for a 30 year at 50 years old. Well, that means at 80 years old, you're probably going to have a mortgage. Um, so uh, $340,000, it's a crazy amount. Uh, if you still do have a mortgage and you're still living on Social Security, well, who's going to pay for that health care? Well, the government's going to pay for that health care. Hospitals will pay for that health care, which again, Hospitals post losses on healthcare. Your costs for those that pay for healthcare will go up. So you're going to fund more healthcare for other people. Uh, what's that called? Socialism. It is what it is. Um, but that's the the what we have today is for profit. So the people who actually pay for it, which are the insurance companies, will bear the cost of that. And insurance companies, who will they charge? Their subscribers. So it's all just a fish feeding frenzy. Um, so I want you to think about that. And if you do not have $340,000 in your account to b- uh, budget for health care, uh, redo your, your retirement, redo some of that investment, get with your brokerage. If you, if you trade on Robinhood um, and you don't have a financial planner, if you trade on Webull and you don't have a financial planner, don't worry about posting it on Twitter, your gains and things of that sort. Worry about what the brokerage house provides you. Again, my brokerage house provides me free TurboTax. My brokerage house provides me um, free uh, retirement planning, uh, free access to uh, um, uh, financial planners, free access to uh, trading uh, courses, free access to understanding all of the things that I need to do to become a better trader. Uh, does Robinhood have any of that? Does Webull have any of that? I will tell you, Thinkorswim is free to download if you don't have it. Uh, Thinkorswim was a platform that I used. It's tremendous. You can paper trade on Thinkorswim. You know, take the strategies that I give you and, and, and go on to Thinkorswim and set up a million-dollar account and see what, what results you get when you buy and sell kind of on, just on this podcast. And I probably will do it at some point, but... I don't keep track of a lot of that stuff. I look at my portfolio. Again, this is just guidance for you guys. I don't give you specific, hey, get in here and get out here. Um, I, I kind of tell you what I do. Um, but again, $340,000, that, that shocked me. Um, oh, one other thing that Jeff Curry from Goldman Sachs said this morning was he said seasonally um, over the next two to three months, uh, essentially over the summer, we see two to three million barrels per day of demand over what we see today. So if you don't think that oil's still going to go up, remember, Saudi Aramco became the, most, um, uh, the, the biggest company in the world. It overtook Apple. Um, you've seen Devon Energy. You've seen Occidental. You've seen other energy companies come out with earnings. Um, those are huge. Where is the two to three to million barrels per day coming from? Because the Saudis have said they ain't up in production. Uh, the U.S. is currently at its peak production. Um, we, we're not building refineries. 
there will be over the next few years refineries that will go be shut down just based on age. We're not building new ones. So where's that coming from? If you're afraid of the energy trade, again, find the answers to that. And, and, and I heard a good, you know, again, I'm an environmentalist. I believe in climate change. Um, that was one of the reasons I bought an electric car to try and be a little bit more environmentally friendly. It's why I use a filter instead of buying a plastic bottled water. Um, it, there, there's a lot of reasons. So I'm not a energy, hey, let's go drill, baby, drill. Uh, I, I would be one of those people walking in a protest line uh, for, you know, fish life and, and protecting environments. Um, but I do believe this oil trade because. All you people with your SUVs out there um, that need bigger cars um, and, and, and to truck around the, the 10 kids, blah, blah, blah. Again, I'm not shaming you guys, but that, that's a lot of oil that you need. And, and you'll complain uh, when oil goes up. Well, you know, downsize your life. Live in a, a way that's sustainable. Uh, reduce your carbon footprint. When you go on a flight, buy carbon offsets. Uh, when you drive your SUV, buy carbon offsets. Uh, but the, the reality of the situation is, my belief is that oil is going to continue to go up. So this is not a podcast about my environmentalism. This is a podcast about making money. And I believe oil will make you money over the short term. Now, at some point, electrification takes over. Uh, I still believe Tesla under 2000 is a great investment. Um, under a thousand, I should say under 2000, I'm getting ahead of myself by five, four or five years. Um, let's see where Tesla is now. I told you, you know, I, I called it on Thursday. Hey, Tesla dipped under 700. Um, I did not pick up more, should have picked up more, but again, Tesla's up again, a couple bucks in the morning. You're up from 769 to 771. It traded all the way up to 787. I think you're going back to a thousand on Tesla. Uh, again, if Elon pulls something and something happens like the SEC says, hey, you can't be on the board of a public cut, co- you can't run a public company, well, he essentially is out of Tesla. He's not out of SpaceX, he's out of Tesla. So you never know what's going to happen. Again, Elon's kind of, you know, out there. Um, let's look at my notes, do, 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 some things. Oh, let's look at DAC and sh- the shippers and things of that sort. DAC. Um, Danos, they, wait, when do they report? They don't report until May 27th. Um, let me see. Let me make sure on Twitter that I wrote down the right note. Um, because I don't want to put out the wrong note. Do, 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 notifications. Let's see. Um, DAC earnings announcement after close tomorrow. I don't think that's the one, Tom. DAC I have as earnings date 516. Oh, hmm. Why is it saying 516? But then, hmm, I don't know. TrendSpider has it as May 27th for some reason. But DAC is, uh, you'd be out right now, but in the, maybe they moved it. Um, if the morning candle winds up, you may be, you may have a, a buy on this one. Um, again, the, the RSI is at 46, so it's not crazy. 
um, 45.61. It's not crazy down low. Um, the volume doesn't seem to be there. DAC is trading at um, 79 right now. Uh, it traded up to 81. Um, I don't see any necessarily news on it in in uh, Fidelity Trendspider. Uh, let's look at Finviz to see where DAC. Um, we'll look at DAC and I want to see where the analysts see this one. Uh, their forward PE is 3.11. The last, <laughs> the last uh, initiated coverage on January 30th, 2020, and the price target from Citigroup was $8. Um, and there's an article here on finance. Denos outpaces stock market gains, what you should know. Um, uh, heading into today, shares of the shipping company had lost 8% over the past month, lagging the transport sector's loss of 4.2 and outpacing the S&P's loss of 11.3. Um, Danos will be looking to display strength as it nears its next earnings release, which is expected May 16th. Analysts expect Danos to report for $9.48 per share. That would be a marked year-over-year growth of 234%. Meanwhile, our latest consensus is calling for revenue of $212 million, up 61%. Um, so this is the Zach's consensus thing, which I don't put a lot of. Eh, they just want you to subscribe to their stuff. Um, but uh, that's Zach's. Uh, Danos announces date for the release. Yeah, I guess it's today. Uh, Tom was right. Trend Spider's wrong. Always trusted Tom. Um, but DAC, again, on TrendSpider, I kind of see this one as maybe a buy. Tom might be right. Uh, essentially, he says um, uh, he thinks earnings are likely good and close the week at about $100 a share. So he's expecting this week to be a 20% move in this stock. Um, well, I'm sorry. That would be a 30% move. Um, in this stock from 80 to 100. So um, if you want to follow Tom, he's a believer. He has been right uh, many, many times. Uh, him and Rose have been fantastic stock pickers. Uh, so hope you're feeling better, Tom. Let's look at Zim uh, since we're on shippers. Zim is one of my favorites just because of the $17 dividend. You do have earnings coming up tomorrow. Um, tomorrow pre-market. No, I'm sorry, May 18th, uh, pre-market. So you would have to buy it tomorrow. This one just got you out for an 8% gain. Again, it was a Friday that it got you out in the morning candle. I, I think I looked at this one and I said, you know, eh, you may get a cross down on this one. But um, uh, essentially you bought in April 27th at $56, got you out for an 8% gain. You could have taken the 10% gain. Uh, there's a gap here between 64 and 65. It's trading at about 63 right now. There's also a gap below. And again, this is on a four-hour chart between 59 and $60. So um, you've got a gap down. You've got a gap up. Uh, the big gap is that $12 special dividend between 78 and 85. Um, that's the big gap. Uh, back here in March 22nd where the dividend was paid out. Um, so uh, if you want to get in on earnings, uh, it, the algorithm got you out. 
I don't necessarily see a time where uh, you would get back in. Um, right now, the RSI is at 58, which is kind of up there. Uh, let's look at EGLE. I think they have earnings coming up as well. Um, EGLE, you'd be out of this one. Uh, it got you out with like a 2% loss, a 3% loss, it looks like, on May 10th. Their ex-dividend date was Friday. Um, so you, you missed that one. Uh, but it's not, I don't think it's a big dividend. Let's look at their dividend yield. Um, their dividend yield is, ooh, 12.54%. Sorry, that was a big one. And you don't have a gap. Doesn't look like you have a gap down. Wow. Hmm. Kudos to this one. Big. Interesting. Uh, your VWAP is, um, looks like at 62. So you're trading just above the, the VWAP. Uh, SBLK, uh, their earnings are, by the way, are done. So EGLE, you don't have earnings to, as a catalyst. SBLK, their earnings are May 24th. Uh, you would be out of this one as well. Looks like it's going to cross up. You don't have a lot of catalyst on this one. Um, it's trading under 30, 29.88. Since we're talking about podcast favorites, Cleveland Cliffs uh, trading at 21. Uh, this one is getting ready for a cross up. The RSI is at 31, at 21.73. Let's see what they're doing in the pre-market. Um, again, this is an iron ore company for steel. You need iron ore. They're trading at 22, so they're up 25 cents in the pre-market. Um, this one's kind of all over the place in the pre-market. They've had their earnings, so their next earnings date is July 20th. Um, there is no ex-dividend yet. They're not, their last ex-dividend date was 4-2, so you don't have dividends coming up on this one. Uh, there's only 5% short in this stock, so my belief is, again, their, their forward PE, their PE is 3.18. Um, this is a stock that has been all over the place. Uh, but my belief is, you know, the last, it was funny cause the last, uh, February 25th, we had a trigger to buy at, uh, 2118. That one at 2118 got you out with a 46% gain in one month, about a month and a half, maybe April 12th, it was out, but you could have even gotten 50%. If you'd sold on like April 5th. So it did fake you out May 5th where it said buy at 26, right about the 200 day. Got you out two days later with a 7% loss. Um, that was right around the big kind of downturn here. Um, it does look like it's going to have a cross up again. If we're looking at the, the last purchase of February 25th, you didn't have earnings in between there. You had earnings coming up. So if I think that it's going to be about 2021, uh, I don't, you know, if you think from now until July, you start to see up and you believe in this market, I think Cleveland Cliffs might be a buy uh, because you could see another 2118 easily turn into a $34 stock. Uh, again, that's if the market justifies this. Um, you know, in February, uh, when you had this, you weren't in a war. Um, I think the war started around March. Might have been February. But again, uh, let's take a look at some of the other uh, podcast favorites. And I'm not going to give you a particular stock today because um, my belief is today, you know, it's a Monday. 
wait a little. The, the futures aren't up. They aren't down. They're kind of hovering. If you want to buy something, I'd say, you know, get into the energy play. Um, uh, buy some of your uh, apples uh, while it's beaten down. It's around 145 or so. I think that's a good one to buy. Um, 146.90 is where it closed. It, it's opening up a little bit down. Qualcomm is a good one. Um, Qualcomm, you don't have a buy. Um, you would have bought and, and sold at a, a slight loss on the last one for 0.39%. Um, this one's not, the, the MACD looks like it's starting to cross up, hasn't crossed up yet. It might start to cross up here. And let's move on to American Express. Let's see, AXP. These are ones that I, I kind of just have in my notes that I've gone over. Um, AXP trading at 158. There's not a buy here. There's a big gap here between 153 and 155. The MACD looks like it's going to cross up. The RSI is at 35. Again, business travel. I'm going on business travel uh, two weeks from now, Phoenix. Uh, it, it's back up. My brother just got COVID from going to Spain on a business trip for Microsoft. Hmm, interesting. Um, but uh, let's look at Oracle because they are the number one buyback. This one has been a deep slide. Friday's candle, you got to buy on this one. Now, again, this has had buys on the way down. So the MACD on this one has just been crazy up and down. And the, the, the remember how I said, you know, we said buy this one March 10th at 75. You got out with an 8% gain on April 8th. Uh, since then, you've had one, two, three, three losses um, in the algorithm on this one. Um, this is a $71.15 buy, which you're trading at right around now. Earnings are coming up, um, it looks like, uh, in June. So you don't have any necessarily catalyst right now but the RSI is down it's at May 13th um June 14th is your your earnings date i don't know let's see about any dividend or anything um my guess is that this company has been buying back stock on this dip you're trading at $70.33 in pre-market 71.15 was the buy on friday so um they're X dividend date is four seven. Yeah, you don't have anything coming up. There's only 0.79% short interest in this. So you know I'm gonna short squeeze, you don't have anything. Again, I think that in a good economy, this is a $90 stock. Your uh your PE is 27 right now. Let's look at Finviz. Uh let's see what their forward PE is. Forward PE is 13. So you've got a software company here that is is not crazy. Uh, not bad, not good. It's just kind of hanging out. Um, Simon Property Group. That since earnings kind of dropped down. I think. Let's see where they're trading now. One sixteen. Uh, you would not be in this one, but there is kind of a MACD cross up here. Um, let's look at Simon Property Group in pre market. Uh, PG. Uh, one seventeen twenty eight. 52-week high is 171 just back in November. Um, the dividend, 5.82, almost 6% coming up on 6.8. So uh, as this one gets closer to 6.8, um, you're about a month away, three weeks away from this one. Uh, 
my guess is it's probably a good time to get in. Uh, you do look like on Friday you kind of took a leg up in the afternoon um, and then kind of dropped down and, and, and lost it at about 3 o'clock, but then came all the way back between 3 and 4 o'clock. It was kind of even, but it did dip down from 116, 117 area um, to about 115. 115.76. So uh, the training range on Friday was 115 to 117. So you're right in the middle there at 116. I, I you know, again, I, I don't know that I'd play this one for pennies. If you're interested, it is a shopping mall, um, uh, basically a commercial space area. David Simon is great at managing systems. Um, I do think he's a good one. Let's look at, we already looked at, uh, uh, at United Health, so I won't look at that one again. Uh, Abvi has a buy-in at 152. You're at 153 right now. This one since 152 has just been on a straight ride up. It's using the 200-day as support right here. Um, the 50-day is kind of moving down. The 9 and the 21 are kind of flattening out. The 9-day is right at the 21-day right now. And you're right, kind of, God. It, you know, it, again, this one, is what a six percent dividend? Let's look at this one real quick. Um, Abby has a oh, sorry, three point six seven percent dividend. It has it did nothing on Friday. I mean, it just floundered in this one fifty two to one fifty three range. Uh, one fifty one eighty nine to one fifty four thirty nine was the actual trading range, but it just kind of floundered. There was nothing in particular about this one. Um. So you're trading at about 153, 33, 154 in the pre-market. This is one that, uh, you know, you don't have a huge opportunity here. There's no catalyst coming up. Their earnings date is not till July. Um, this is a mega cap company. They have uh, fantastic drugs to deal with uh, some stuff. So uh, that's a, one of my favorites to kind of buy and hold as well. Um, let's see. Oh. Let's talk about the 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 crypto, and, and this is going to be my last thing. And I don't know if I talked about this, Luna, Terra, and UST. Um, so are they stable? There was uh, articles over the weekend about how Luna was going to come back, and how Terra was going to come back, and how UST was going to go back to a dollar. Well, there was a huge rise up. Uh, one of my friends, Braden, he uh made 400%, I think he said, in Luna uh, within a few minutes. And by the time he tur turned around, uh, he was back to even. So uh, my belief is that that's just a pump article. It, essentially, you can't tell me that uh, the, the guy who's in charge of Terra, I believe, UST is backed by Terra. Um, and it, essentially, Terra just dropped. There is rumors about a BlackRock and Citadel kind of, um, you know, what they did, what... It, market manipulation, but it's not illegal um, in that they purchased a bunch of Bitcoin, backed it with UST and Terra, and then did a rug pull. And that has caused both Bitcoin and uh, UST and Terra to drop. Um, Bitcoin is a little, well, I should say a lot more stable than the others, but you did see a drop from 40,000 down to about 25,000. So um, there, there's rumors on that. This it shows you crypto is just risky. There were a lot of people crying about how I think there was $1.7 trillion in crypto that was lost um, just in, in these couple of coins. 
um, because it was a stable coin and, and somebody's, you know, there are a bunch of people on, on YouTube that I watched who said, um, this can't happen. This is an outrage, blah, blah, blah. Well, it's not an outrage. It's not regulated. There's nothing you can do about it. What if, if BlackRock and Citadel did this, it was a well-known strategy that just big players who had the money could do it and they did it. And there is nothing wrong with what they did. Again, it's an unregulated, you, 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 the, the crypto bros want this to be, hey, we don't want it regulated. Um, we like this volatility. We like, well, you don't like it when a stable coin goes to zero. Simple as that. And it's not backed. So what did Terra do? They basically tripled the coins in existence. So it started to pump it up. They thought that could do it, blah, blah, blah. This is exactly, and this is what I told my friend, this is exactly what the Fed did and why we have inflation now. When the Fed enhanced their balance sheet, when the Fed, Congress printed money through the Fed to hand out, this is how inflation got here. And, and this, you know, the Fed was just late in reacting. That's the difference. Terra, late in reacting. Now we're talking minutes, not, you know, months like the Fed had. But we're talking minutes, late to react. Should have reacted quicker. Uh, should have seen this. So um, I don't trade crypto. Remember, I, I kind of trade the GBTC, E-T-H-E. You are losing money in those because of fees, um, but they're great trades. Let's look at them real quick. <clears throat> because GBTC has taken a leg down significantly. Um, you're still out. Kind of on its upturn. 1970 is where it closed at. It's at 1961 pre-market. Uh, looks like it's going to cross up, probably in a candle. The RSI is at 30. So buyers probably will show up. ETHE. Um, this one, 1414. Not even close to a MACD cross up. Uh, you know, it, ironically, ETHE. Um, <laughs> I'll just tout this one. Performance chart on the algorithm, 142% performance versus 18% asset buy and hold performance. So crazy good in these kinds of uh, up, ups and downs. Um, GBTC, I don't think it's as good. Uh, well, 76% algorithm performance versus 72% buy and hold. So in the crypto world, I think the algorithm holds up. The MACD is probably a lot more sporadic and volatile in these volatile stocks that don't um, necessarily uh, they, they go up and they go down at the same rate. The algorithm works really, really well. So um, Devon Energy, <laughs> this is interesting. 69.43. It is up another 1% in pre-market. Uh, just kind of looking at my stocks pre-market. Looks like the ARCs have uh, taken a downturn negative. 1.2% down uh, on ARCW, ARCK as well. Uh, CrowdStrike, 1% down. DraftKings, 2% up, not as far up as it was. So we have taken a leg down. Um, in my mind, again, since we opened down, I would guess that uh, uh, there, there was some news. It, essentially, I was just kind of passing by the TV just looking at it. And there was a report out, uh, I guess, in the morning that uh, Goldman Sachs or J.P. Morgan, one of those big banks, had put out a report that the consumer could be weakening. Um, if that's the case, that's the final leg in 
um, undercutting the entire market. So, um, you know, that, that could be why you're seeing this downturn kind of in the pre-market a little bit. But uh, Devon Energy, you're up 69.25. Again, remember, Devon Energy had a buy here at 64.08. You're still in this buy. Um, the, the RSI is at 62. I would not ex- you know, say to people, get in at this point. Wait for this one to go under 60 again. Kind of wait for this one. What you do is you buy it under 60. Um, and you wait for it to run to 65. Now, it's at close to 70 now. Uh, do I think it's coming down? I don't know. Their ex-dividend date is June 10th. You got quite a while for this one. Uh, they upped the dividend, if I do believe. Let's see what the dividend is. It is, yes, yeah, 7.39. So, <laughs> crazy good dividend. Um, but if you're not in, I wouldn't say get in. Uh, Occidental Petroleum is up 1% to 64.75. From a buy algorithm perspective, you would still be in on this one. Their ex-dividend date, June 9th, right around Devon's. So um, I would not say get in. The RSI is at 61 on this one. The MACD is pretty up there. Um, In fact, I might be looking at probably getting out of this one with some some gains. The uh, this one typically goes below 60 as well. So you can trade this one and Devin in about the same range when it's under 60, buy it when it's over 60. Kind of look to get out. Exxon, I think their their range is 90. When it's below 90, you buy it. When it's above 90, you sell it. So uh, just let's look at XLE because if you don't want to play these, where, where should you buy XLE? Well, on Friday, XLE has a buy-in at $80.78. The RSI is at 58, so it is high. Um, the last one you bought in and out, you bought in it on May 3rd at 76. You sold on May 11th for 2% gain. So you could have gotten out with a little bit more if you'd gotten out on May 6th, but who would have seen that downturn? Now, you sold out there. You got right back in at May 13th, $80.78. Is this a longer trend of an upward trend? Probably again, I don't think I don't see, uh, you know, when you draw the trend line on this one, um, it's crazy, it's crazy good. So that's the podcast for today. Tomorrow, I'll do a podcast too. Talk to y'all tomorrow. Take care.